I love my Aunt Linda. As a child, when I visited my cousins in the summer, she was the one who swung on the monkey bars with us. She let us eat sugared cereals like Fruit Loops and Captain Crunch, and she let us walk to the amusement park nearby with our older cousins. She's the one who whisked my children off at 7:30 a.m. one morning this fall during our visit with her on a secret run to Jupiter Donuts. Where it turns out it is more expensive to buy nine donuts than 12 donuts, so they bought her, brought home a dozen donuts for the five of us. She's also the one who showed me what it means to leave church and return to church, and what it means to trust in the scandal of the cross. For most of her life, Linda thought she didn't need God. She had what she called a charmed life: three healthy and well-adjusted children, a well-employed husband, a large, thriving garden, satisfying volunteer work, and many friends. Yes, it snowed too much in Albany, New York, but she knew she was going to retire to Florida and was looking forward to that. She was raised in the Episcopal Church and sent her kids to the non-denominational Sunday school with their friends. But she never went. For starters, her husband rejected God and faith completely, and frankly, she was content to live the ways of the world. Life was too good, and God didn't fit in, as she put it. So she lived the easy life in the easiest way possible, without God and without church. Paul, the author of today's letter, would have said the easy route that Linda took was foolish. In our reading from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, he states that God made foolish the wisdom of the world. The wisdom of the world comes in beautiful and persuasive packages that tell us about worldly things. Packages like political advertisements and campaign messages, Super Bowl commercials, even the game itself—I'm sorry to say. And YouTube videos about fashion and weightlifting and whatnot. The wisdom of the world is to be concerned with social and cultural conventions of power, and wisdom and comfort. But God's power and God's wisdom reject all this. God's power and wisdom are embodied in Christ, who died the most scandalous way possible on the cross, which was a humiliating and shameful way to die. And in Christ's shameful death, we see God's power and God's love, which turn everything upside down, so that we are transformed in ways that enable us to resist the values the world seeks to shame us into believing. In Christ's humiliating death, God denies the world's ways, blows them open. The world's humiliation of those who are weak, those who are powerless, and those who are low and despised. God instead comes to save and love those who the world rejects, and by doing so, transforms God's followers, transforms us to love and serve the same people. Paul calls this a stumbling block for many, but when we understand that the gospel of Christ transforms us by creating new life out of old conventions, when we come to know. 
Christ through the gift of faith, not through the false wisdom of the world, then, then we begin to see what, why Paul was a Christian. Because he writes, the cross has the power to transform our lives. We are saved and redeemed from the power of sin and temptation through the cross, and we become right with God when we recognize that God is wiser and stronger than we can ever be. When we recognize that God transforms us in the ways that, so that the lure of beauty products and home goods cannot. Transforms us into knowing that we are God's beloved inside and out. We are enough. We are enough for God. When I asked Linda why she is a Christian today, she told me that God started to draw her back before she knew she even needed God. In the late 90s, after her daughter asked to be married in the Episcopal Church where Linda was baptized as an infant and attended for part of the school attached to the church for part of her childhood, Linda felt the tugging, the tugging of God on her heart. She felt a longing there and began to attend church occasionally. Her husband didn't come, but this time she still went. Ten years later, her husband died of cancer. In her immense grief and sorrow over losing her husband, she took the final steps in her transformation. She anchored herself to God in Christ. She knew that God was preparing her for something more. She knew that Christ walked with her in her suffering because he too had suffered. And for the first time, she was ready to trust God fully. And she began to feel free in this trust. That's the word she uses, free from worries about today or tomorrow, and free from the needing to meet conventional norms, especially those she thought were wasteful or self-centered. She began to know that she was enough just the way she was, enough for God's love. So she rejoiced in the goodness of her life. But this was different. This was God's goodness in her life. And today she would say that she lives a new kind of charmed life. Charmed life in Christ's way. But we need to remember that this message about the cross is written to a community. The church in Corinth. And in this letter, Paul makes clear that proclaiming Christ crucified and boasting in the Lord must be done in community. Paul begins his letter to the Corinthians by admonishing them for quarreling about their differences, and he keeps this up throughout the letter. For Paul, faith means living in right relationship with God, and love means living in right relationship with one another. Indeed, for Paul, love is the necessary expression of faith. Indeed, caring for others and nurturing our faith is actually a requirement of faith, to care for others and nurture their faith. Moreover, each believer must be ready to contribute to the enrichment of the community by putting whatever gifts that he or she has to use into service for the common good. Our new lives in Christ, the transforming power of the cross, can only be lived when we are fully engaged and active in a faith community. My Aunt Linda knows this. She knows that to be a Christian 
to know the goodness of life that comes with trusting and depending fully on God in Christ is about being in community. As God continued to tug on her heart after her husband's death, she prayed and found an Episcopal church community in, yes, sunny Florida. She knows she needs the church to she knew she needed the church to support her faith, for connection, for asking hard questions, and for learning how to love her neighbor. She serves in the homeless ministry with church friends, and in fact, at one point, she even ran the entire the church's entire community engagement program. She sings in the choir. And the question as to why she's a Christian is tied up into why she attends church. To be one is to be the other, is to engage in the other. And in her case, caring for the church and others that the church cares for is an extension of her faith, a requirement of her faith, as Paul would put it. Her life is charmed because she is living it out in Christian community. So why are you a Christian? Why are you in this church community? These are not easy questions, and I'm not expecting to hear an answer, and maybe I would rather not hear some of your answers. God knows, God knows what you might say. No matter what, I trust that God is tugging at your heart, like with my Aunt Linda, so that you find yourself here in community, whether you came this morning ready to boast in the Lord, as Paul puts it, or if you are still struggling to keep yourself from boasting in the world, you are here. And now that you are here, I encourage you to commit and put your gifts to service at St. B's. We thrive because of you. Our ministries of justice and mercy to the wider world thrive because of you. Our pastoral care for one another, our worship thrive because of you. Maybe you've caught on as to where this is going. I invite you to our annual meeting immediately following this service. And I invite you to pick up the annual report. And you'll learn more about who we are in the annual report and I hope how we has, have lived as a community in 2022 will inspire you to take part in this community in this year, 2023. For it is only in church community, a church community like St. B's, that our faith can come alive in loving and serving others through St. B's and our inward and outward-facing ministries. And when your faith comes alive, watch out. Because the cross, then, is the power of God in your life. It's the source of God's goodness in your life. You'll understand that you, too, live a charmed life. And then you'll know what Paul, know, Paul knows that it is only with this power that we are St. B's. For it is only through God's power that 2022 was a remarkable year in so many ways. And it is through God's power working in and through all of us that 2023 will be equally remarkable for St. Bartholomew's. Amen.